boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. And good day from JT. Welcome to another edition of uh, Talking Greyhounds. As so a welcome to our studios here at RSN 927, Simone Fisher. Howdy, Simone. Good morning, John. How are you? Yeah, not too, not bad. too bad. Long week, Warrnambool. <laughs> long, you, long. Do you have week. a bet? Uh, uh, just a couple of broke even, so uh, oh. that was the main thing. Did, yes. uh, that's a thoroughbreds, but uh, Greyhound wise, back strike alike. Oh, good stuff. What about her record from box five? Oh, Phenomenal. I should have a look. I've got uh, the form five, guide right in front of me. Five goes, three wins, uh, third, I think. Well, there you go. Yes, you're absolutely right. So yeah. she's just an absolute jet. But she wins from anywhere, doesn't she? Uh, yeah, and I can't wait for the Sapphire Crown where we we could see two great greyhounds oh, bow again. out in the in the shape of uphill, Jill and Strike a lot because they are getting towards the end of their racing career and a, a, a brood bitch career beckons now. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'll be catching up with Brett Bravo, so I'll ask him that later, what oh, plans yes. he's got for Striker. If he's heading to the Sapphire, I'm sure he will be. I think I can answer yeah. that question, <laughs> yes. But anyway, I'm I'm usurping the great Brett Bravo, and I'm also usurping you, Simone. What is on the show today? Okay, we'll be joined by Scott Robbins, uh, GRV's racing manager, about the recently released 2018-19 racing calendar. Also, Brett Bravo and uh, the general manager from Warnable Craig Monagatti. There's been some funding that they've received, so he's going to tell us about that. Yes, heard about that. Some really good news from the the minister. We'll get to that later. In the meantime, what has been happening in the world of greyhounds this week, Simone Fisher? Well, the nationwide Greyhound Adoption Day last Sunday saw 212 dogs find new homes across Australia. So that's uh, terrific news. Uh, the Warnable Cup like we mentioned, is taken out by Striker Light in 24.90 over the very well-boxed Zoom Out. And after her second placing last year, she's gone that one better and taken her stakes to not far off $700,000. What an absolute uh, ripper she is. Uh, life-changer for George Ferrugia and the, the, the team. But to get a, to get a pup, uh, to win close to 700 large. That's oh, phenomenal, that, isn't it? That's a house. <laughs> it basically it is. But the thing is, she's been so consistent and, and basically almost bulletproof. She has been. She had that bit of a lull in her career yeah. last year, which I'm going to talk to Brett about. Uh, but how has he got her back to form 12 months He's, later as good as she was, if Brett, not better? Brett Bravo is a very underestimated trainer, in my opinion. Uh, he's been doing very, very well lately. Has for a few years, actually. Mm. Uh, Racing Minister Martin Bacola has announced that $1.4 million funding package to assist in the upgrade of facilities at Wannan Park, so we will hear about that shortly. Mm. Uphill Jill managed a second placing in the heat of the ladies' bracelet last Saturday night. Uh, she had a slower-than-normal getaway and found some trouble during the race, but she jumps from box two in the $25,000 final. I think she will be the likely favourite, and she hasn't had that trip Backwards and forwards to WA two weeks in a row either. I think punters have to really understand that. Imagine if you went from Melbourne to Perth, back to Melbourne, up to Sydney in the space of seven days. How would you feel? Yeah, very tired. Yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit cranky. <laughs> you and, do. Um, look, and, but, but punters look at, uh, at races in isolation, whereas trainers look at races as part of a series. So uh, from the training perspective, just get it through to the final. That's and right. Then, and, then, and then that's the big dance. Mm. Um no, if only yeah. they could talk some more. <laughs> That's right. Although they do in their own way, don't they? They sure do. I'm hungry, I'm cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can certainly I'm get... cranky. <laughs> very rarely are they cranky greyhounds, no, I think. No, they've got a good disposition, uh, very haven't they? They sure do. Uh, Sandown have commenced racing in the earlier time slot now over the cooler months, uh, so that's great news, finishing up around 10 o'clock on a Thursday night. Speedstar trials continue there tomorrow with uh, nominations closing Tuesday morning, so we will see the fields for the Speedstar 
released sometime later in Tuesday morning. A couple of little footnotes here, Simone, if I, if I can sort of have some self-indulgence. Um, there will be an outside broadcast uh, with Racing uh, Racing Pulse and winners on Wednesday at Sandown oh, to uh, lead into the uh, to the Bill Collins uh, and also the RSN 927 Sandown Cup Carnival. And today's edition of Talking Greyhounds is presented by the Sandown Greyhound Racing Club with the three Group 1s on May 24. Can't wait. Beauty. What a great night. Uh, GRV is seeking feedback on a draft of policies regarding minimum bet limits. John, uh, one of the areas is looking at accepting fixed odds bets with a maximum outlay. So this is not territory that I'm familiar with. So can you please elaborate for me? It's it's a follow-on from the other codes, the thoroughbreds and the trots. It basically means that now a, a punter can, can try and place a bet and it can be refused. But under such laws... On the day of the race for the thoroughbreds, it's after nine o'clock for the trots of the, the same. Uh, a punter can place a bet on a runner to a, a maximum liability and the bookmaker must accept it. So that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a very good thing for punters because if you go through social media and also other forums, one of the frustrations from a punter is that they can't place a bet, it gets refused. Actually, my husband whinges about that. There, there you go. Uh, so they they must have accounts flagged yeah. or something. So what this what this means is on the day of the event, um, it's after nine o'clock on a Saturday for the thoroughbreds. There is a ma- I think the maximum is two thousand dollar liability for the bookmaker. So right. that bet has to be accepted. Right. So this is a good thing for turnover. Yes. It's a good thing for the industry. Okay. So I'll be looking forward, but to to seeing those those policies. But I would assume they'd be similar to the harness and the thoroughbreds. Okay. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out on that. See? That might be your little job. Yeah. <laughs> Keep us updated. Yeah. So what, 50 cents each way from Darren gets knocked back, does it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's a good thing for the industry. Yeah. Uh, the coursing season began last weekend at Benalla with 133 nominations and preference given to maiden greyhounds, which I think is a good thing uh, too. Maidens mm-hmm. in coursing are graded solely on their coursing form. So you could have a striker light head to the coursing and won't be put in top grade. That's how I understand it. So it's interesting. Yeah, isn't it is it? interesting. Yeah. Um, but obviously, striker lights not going to head up the coursing. Wouldn't have thought so. But I guess that's just a theory, isn't it? So they're mm. judged solely on their coursing form. Um, Greyhounds Australasia are accepting expressions of interest also for the role of an independent chair. Details can be found on the website. Uh, I did have a look. Are you applying, Simone? Whew, I need a, I think, a master's degree to actually apply for that. Uh, <laughs> well, to actually go through the very, application. <laughs> very important role given, given the current state of greyhound racing around the, the nation. I do hope someone from Victoria does get that because clear cut Victorian greyhound uh, administration is leading the country. That's right. So it would seem the right person, you would think, to fill that position. Mm. Someone who's in the mix with the Victorian state mm. and the way it's run. Absolutely. But no, I won't be repl- I won't be <laughs> applying, John. Um, like I say, it was a gee, be, that's that's a bit beyond me. It'd be a big job. Yes. All right, let's hit the phones here on Talking Greyhounds on RSN ninety seven. We'll have a chat with the man who is in charge of the Warrnambool Club. Uh, that's Craig Monaghetti. All Greyhounds every Saturday across Victoria. RSN nine two seven is Talking Greyhounds. Good morning, Craig. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning on Talking Greyhounds. Gee, a big night at Warnable Wednesday night and a big carnival. Have you recovered? Yes, recovered. We were very lucky to race on Wednesday night and not Thursday. The weather hit us, hit the town yesterday, so the dampness of the thoroughbreds, but we got through um, with a great night on Wednesday night. Sure was. It always is down there, and um, I know those... 
Thursdays, just about when the time of the grand annuals to start, you can see the clouds rolling in and the, the cool breeze starts. But um, getting back to the Cup Wednesday night, a, a terrific effort there by Striker Light as well, uh, making amends for last year's second placing. Yeah, that's right. Look, started favourite and it should have been favourite and took a great greyhound. Um, we did have an elite field, but it's... Uh, it was one that on paper stood out above the rest and it showed that on the night. Certainly did. Uh, plenty of punters there, Craig. You've got a, a very specific demographic there that turn up on the Wednesday night, haven't you? Yeah, look, we, we appeal to our team demographic of people who like to come and have a punt and have a few beers for our cup night. We do um, family-focused stuff over the summer, but we keep our cup night really about the racing, um, which is what it should be about. Yeah, a lot of weary punters head from the gallops to the greyhounds and then back to the gallops the next day. But uh, you've got some you've got some exciting news coming out of Warrnambool as well. Uh, major redevelopment and some funding. Yes, uh, the Racing Minister Martin Pukula actually came down and announced it on Wednesday night. The $1.4 million package, so half of that coming from VRIS, which is state government money, and half coming from GRV, which is great. So it's going to allow us to do a full... Refurb of the facilities down here. Uh, what about uh, kennels as well and the track? Is there any money heading that way as well? Yeah. So, so in the kennels, we get new flooring and new kennels themselves and some drainage. So we haven't had any drainage, which makes it difficult to clean appropriately. So that's great. And out in the track, we're actually uh, putting a new rail in and increasing the height of that. We're increasing the camber on the turn and moving the tractor pad away from the corner, which is some animal welfare issues. And then up with the... The V in itself um, is getting a full refurb, so it's been brand new look inside. And on the outside, we're getting a new alfresco area or an improved alfresco area in the actual judges tower, um, which is one of the main reasons for the renovations itself is coming down and going back up because it's not OHS compliant at the moment, which is a safety risk. I guess you've always got to have redevelopments, but um, it's always been fairly good, the Warrnambool um, complex there, hasn't it? It's sort of always looked fairly fresh and um, had good facilities, but I guess you've got to move with the times. Yeah, look, we've got a big facility here. It has started to age, so it's, it'll be great to um, renew it. So, so the patron comfort as well, and it also allows us to um, raise the money for the industry from outside the industry, with functions, et cetera. Um, so hopefully we're going to reopen in August, mid-August, and we should be able to trial again from mid-July. So between we race on Saturday night and then we will be off racing until mid-August and off trialling until mid-July. And over winter, we know what those warnable winters can be like, so hopefully they've got a bit of a buffer there for the weather, Craig. Yeah, there's a, there's a contingency in the builders' works um, for the weather. Um, the majority of the work's actually indoors, so once the first part of it's out of the road, shouldn't be too bad, but yeah, if the weather's like it was yesterday or this morning, um, yeah, we'll have some difficulties in that area, but we should be fine. Have some challenges. So you finish racing Saturday or tonight, Saturday night, and uh, reopen yeah. sometime in August. So um, yeah. I know the other meetings have been filtered around Horsham and Ballarat and, and that, so it gives yeah. trainers a chance to get there. Yeah. The majority of the meetings are in Ballarat and Geelong with Horsham and Bendigo sharing one each. Right, okay. Oh, good stuff, Craig. Uh, thanks for joining us. I know it's been a very busy week for you, but uh, letting us in on that funding package, great news for the industry and for trainers and greyhounds down in the Western District. It's certainly, Simone. Thanks for having us. Love your doggies. The Greyhound Leader, RSN 927.
And proudly presented today by Sandown Greyhound Racing. Don't forget, next Thursday night, 20 match races, the Bill Collins Speed Star. What a cracking night of Greyhound Racing that will be. Make sure you're trackside for the Speed Star night next Thursday night. Joining me on Talking Greyhounds now is trainer Brett Bravo. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Tomorrow. So you've been elusive. I've had George Faruja, the owner of Strike Alliance, your wife Kelly on the phone, but um, finally, I've got you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not one, not one, for, one for talking. No, well, you've got a lot to talk about with Strike Alliance, uh, taking out the Warnable Cup on Wednesday night. She went one better than last year, uh, started favourite on both occasions, but must have been a very sweet victory for you. Yeah, it was good. It's just credit to her, really, Simone. That's from the, probably a third or fourth race start. As a pup, she's taken on group company, and here we are, 12 and a bit months on, she's still at the top of the game. It was, you know, just start to get the respect she deserves. She's a great animal. Uh, her 17th group race final, uh, the Warnable Cup, how many has she won? I've, I've lost count between her and Uphill Jill. <laughs> I, think, I think it was a fourth. Right. So, yeah. It's... She's won three group ones, and I think that, one another one, one another one. I'm not sure. Yeah, you start to lose lose track with all these races that she's been in. But, Brett, take us through the last twelve months. Uh, second last year in the Warnable Cup, won the Easter Egg and all that. She ha- had a great year. She did have a lull towards the end of last year. She had an injury, um, but the fact that you've got her back, racing as good, if not better, than she was before. Can you just tell us how that's all happened? Yeah, well, she raced very solidly against Group Company in Australia early on the year and. We went on holidays in May and we sort of gave her a bit of time off through a break. And when we came back, she was ready to race and she ripped her toenail out, which is not the end of the world, but it sort of set her back for a month. And she came back and raced and made, made the Bendigo Cup and stuff. And then we went to Cranberry and the Puppy Classic and the first two splits were amazing. And, and she just sort of faltered and she sort of heard a hock and it, that held her back for another couple of months. And then... Um, You jumped from box five in the final. Um, it doesn't sound like the best box. I mean, she wins from anywhere. But what were your thoughts going into the final on Wednesday night with box five? Oh, to be honest, Simone, that you don't really want box five. Obviously, you draw in the guts, but she does have enormous speed and, and she's races class and on for ages. But on paper, the box draw didn't look terrible. Like, I think Lightning Frank the Red was drawn inside out. And Ashton Dinigan, the check was probably drawn inside out. And, you know, um, Jimmy Newwop was probably not going to get the run he wanted in the four. So basically in the five, we, we thought that we were going to get a chance to race. Uh, the six and seven weren't going to worry early. And obviously Michelle's doctor in second was absolutely perfectly drawn in the pink. So we thought from box five, at least she'd get a chance to race. Yeah, she began well, didn't she? I mean, and beaten for pace by zoom out um, once they got going. I mean, it had enormous pace, but she's just too good and too strong in the end, too much experience and uh, it was just a, an outstanding run for her again. Yeah, she's just she's just freaky. As, as, as we say, like, she's never been, I mean she did run seriously fast time, but she's never been the fastest dog in the country, but certainly her will to win and determination and 
you know, in this day and age, to get a dog like her that's, you know, it's a bitch and she's raced the big boys every start and she's 50-odd starts on and, and still chasing like a demon. It's just a real credit to her. Oh, and yourself too, the whole team there as well. I mean, I know it's been a long road, a lot of hard work as well. You've got the Sapphire Crown coming up. Are you targeting that race with her? Yeah, certainly. She, um, to be honest, I thought she should have won it last year. She, she was going to lead on the first term and the, and the eventual leader, Maya, 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 took her out on the first turn and probably cost us 100000 So um, <laughs> this year she'll, she'll have a rest now next week. She's obviously been to, you know, the egg and then to Perth and then back. So she'll just stay at home and um, certainly her next targeted race will be at Ted in, in the Sapphire. Have you looked ahead past that, Brett? Have you got plans to keep her racing or retiring past that or you take it one race at a time? Yeah, no, certainly we want to keep it going to at least the, the Melbourne Cup. So basically there's... Um, there's that race, um, the Sapphire, then there's the Brisbane Cup and there's the Bendigo Cup. So she won't just go around in races. She'll certainly, every start will be competitive group company. And, I mean, she's just turned three-year-old. Mm. She'll tell us when she's ready to retire. The minute that mm. she's not competitive at group one level, we'll pull the pin. But, you know, they're very hard to come across dogs with disability. And she certainly, um, she loves racing. And once they're retired, you can't replace them. So um, as long as she's competitive at, at the highest level, she'll keep racing. Oh, that's good news because we love watching her race. She's um, certainly her and Jill. I mean, we love seeing the duel between the two, um, whichever way it goes. So that's great news all round. Thanks for joining us this morning, Brett. I know you've got uh, plenty of work there at home, so I appreciate your time. No worries at all. Thanks, guys. Cheers. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And today's edition of Talking Greyhounds proudly presented by the Sandown Greyhound Racing RSN 927 Sandown Cup Carnival. The three group ones, big nod, it'll be May 24. Make sure you are trackside. And uh, great news, Brett Bravo and uh, Strike Alike continuing to race, Simone. Yes, very good news. And it all makes sense when he says it. Mm. Uh, you know, as long as she's happy racing, he'll continue to keep yep. racing, targeting just the big races, though, not just... Um, Anything that comes along, it'll just be the cups and group ones. Sounds like a good plan to me. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> Fast times, what did you see this week? Oh, there's been plenty, so I've had to have a bit of a cull here, John. But Robert Britton has had a few. Fernando Express, a 34.19 at Geelong over the 5.96. Not available, a 29.67 over the 5.20 at Geelong. And, of course, Rip and Sam, that 41.69 at Sandown on Thursday night over the 7.15. Monster Fish for Kate Gorman ran a 22.32 at Warrigal over the 400. Heading to Horsham over the 4.10, Sean Colson had Triana run a 23.07. A 6.69 run at Cranbourne for Hot Tip in 41.17 was uh, quick there for Mario Briganti. Brett Bravo also had Carter Laura in at Warnable Wednesday night, uh, one in 37.19 over the 6.50. David Gill, he's got another very smart pup. This is, uh, I'm not sure if it's a next litter or a half brother to Uphill Jill, mm-hmm. my redeemer, a 29.12 at Sandown on Thursday over the 5.15 there. And Dinah Chancer, a 33.88 over the 5.95 at Sandown for Corey Grenfell. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. Ah, plenty of material again, Simone. There has been plenty. I mean, you could look at Dinah Chance, a strike a light, but that run of Rip and Sam, he was gone for all money. And like you mentioned, John, very bold treesish, if it's a word. The Warrnambool wonder. Um, I could just, I could just, I, I didn't think the dog could win down no, the back. I just no. honestly did not think he could win, but gee, he got the afterburners on. And if he just replicates 
uh, 80% of that form look out Sandown Cup. The, the interesting thing is uh, this dog, he, he obviously can't see the lure from how far back he is. He's, Correct. He's not just chasing dogs. No. Because if he was chasing dogs, he'd pull up when he got to the leader. Correct. <laughs> so he's obviously just got that instinct, that, yeah. uh, that will to run and, yeah, terrific. Very, very rare commodity. Uh, he is an absolute jet-ripping Sam. Uh, another one for Rob Britton. He just has the knack, doesn't he? He, he sure does. Yeah, he's got a, a very handy kennel again. Very handy indeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take a break here on RSN 927. Talking greyhounds. The other side will have a chat to GRV's Scott Robbins. Love your doggies. The Greyhound Leader. RSN 927. What's making news around the kennels? Joining me now is GRV's racing manager, Scott Robbins. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Simone. How are you going? Oh, I'm good, thanks. You survived the Warrnambool Carnival? Yeah, look, it's been a, uh, a lovely few days down there. It was great weather for a couple, and then um, and then it got a bit wet yesterday uh, on Thursday there. So yeah. um, we uh, had a good time. Oh, that's good to hear. Now, some exciting things happening at GRV again. The 2018-19 racing calendar is out. Can you just explain if there's been any significant changes uh, or what remains the same? Yeah, look, the calendar for the next uh, racing year is very similar to this year. We'll, we'll be running 1,992 race meetings, which is a lot to get your head around. Uh, um, in terms of what the structure looks like, it's, it's very similar to this year, but there's a new new additional group races that will be added to the calendar around the Warrigal St Ledger and, uh, and Ballarat Western Districts Derby have now got group status. So there's some key highlights. Um, we're also, while talking about the May Carnival, we're looking to put an extra meeting at um, Warrnambool on the Monday night to kick off the carnival down there. So hopefully that can um, start off a, another great week down there, followed by the Cup on the Wednesday night. Um, and there's a few other little changes, the Shepherd and Cup moving back a week to a avoid a clash with the, uh, the Group 1 maturity. So, um, yeah, there's some key changes. Uh, there's also an increase in prize money. Always good news for us trainers and owners. Uh, how is this going to be distributed and how much is it? Yeah, look, for the next collecting calendar, we'll see a full 12 months um, rollout of the, the prize money increases from November last year. And that'll get us at $47 million in, in prize money and bonuses available at the moment, which is... It's a, a lot of money. It's a, a huge um, opportunity for everyone involved to uh, to get a, a you know a nice piece of uh, prize money. With the the minimum prize money win being eight hundred and twenty five dollars to the winner. So um, every race is uh, is worth um, you know in excess of a thousand dollars. So it's exciting that we've got a full twelve months of it, and um, and you know, everyone should have that opportunity. My um, very poor maths tells me that it's not quite a million dollars a week in stake money over the course of a year. So, I mean, that's uh, terrific money when you're thinking about it. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's a lot of money. Obviously, there's some, some highlights in there with the, you know, our, our major group races being so much on offer. But, you know, week in, week out, there's just so many opportunities for people to um, go to the dogs and, um, and have their, uh, you know, have their greyhounds um, take home 800 bucks. Sure is. The other thing that I'm really impressed by is the increased stakes for coursing. Yeah, so we've uh, just recently announced that um, the coursing has gone up in line with the Level 3 prize money. So uh, the, the, the courses now are 
are at that $825 per event uh, to the winner. So, um, you know, the, the two dogs um, getting out there and, and going head-to-head and, and getting through the, the final and winning at a minimum $825 is just a is a sensational thing. And, um, you know, it's about another $40,000 in prize money available um, to coursing this year, which takes them up over sort of need to when you look um, at racing in general how the greyhounds there's so many uh, greyhounds not chasing as well as they once did and so trainers are opting to go to coursing uh, yeah, to perhaps I give their dog a bit of that bit of variety yeah you know, the, the opportunity to race just head to head um, you know and just change it up that all grass track chase a little on the ground uh, those sorts of things is, is definitely the idea to try and um, you know spice up a few of those um, those dogs that are you know might be getting a little bit bored so um, yeah Carnival concept is here to stay. The Gippsland Carnival, in yeah, particular. absolutely. Yeah. Um, they're a you know they're a, they're a key driver for us both from a racing perspective, but also through community engagement and, and being able to tell those stories on a on a um, you know extended period to be able to you know, talk about the, the winners and how they might progress to the next carnival or the next uh, cup is just um, it, it's, um, it's bigger than the racing for us, and it's um, but they're definitely here to stay. And we'll be looking to extend those where possible and, and try and group up a few other race meetings around the, the countryside. And finally, Scott, just quickly, can you tell us yep. about the Nationals and uh, any changes? It's at Sandown this year? Or yeah, so at we Sandown. host the Nationals this year. And yep. um, the, the most exciting part of it is that on August 9th, um, all of the finals, both the distance and the sprint, will be run all around the country. And all the state finals will be run in one sort of two-hour package. So... Um, that, that'll be a really exciting um, package of, of greyhound racing, which ultimately uh, those dogs or the winners of those finals will then progress to the final in, um, in Melbourne on the 24th of August. So um, it should be a jam-packed sort of um, two hours there that leads ultimately to the finals here in, in Victoria. Yeah, it sounds good because for so many years it's been spread over weeks with the different states. So bringing it all in line sounds like a good plan. Thank you very much for joining us this morning, Scott. Um Thanks. We'll um, no doubt be talking to you again throughout the year. Absolutely. Yep, keeping us up to date with this. No problems. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. Presented today by Sandown Greyhound Racing, the three Group 1s on May 24. Hot honoured by the richest staying race in the world, the RSN 927 Sandown Cup. Dogs to follow, Simone. Last week's dog to follow, Dinah Hunter, was first up at Ballarat on Wednesday night after a four-month spell. He won in 21.99 over the 3.90, so uh, I think he's back. Okay, Dinah Hunter, what about a dog to follow? Big reputation. He debuted at Shepparton on Thursday in a 25.11. The best of the night was 25.09, so he's got a big reputation to live up to, hasn't he? He has indeed. Big reputation, but looks like he can do it. What about a best bet? Uh, race 8, number 2 tonight, not available at the Meadows. A top run at Geelong last start uh, only one and a half lengths outside the track record that was over the 520 run there he looks like he's drawn well but taking on a little bit of trust after finding the lead over that 520 run but up in class race eight number two not available what's coming up this week simone 
Well, of course, Sandown have the Lizarine, the Race Callers, and the Bill Collins Speed Stars. So, really looking forward to that. Absolute cracker. And of course, don't forget, we will be trackside out at Sandown. Sandown Greyhound Racing have a few things uh, planned for next Wednesday to really kick off the uh, the Bill Collins Speed Stars. So, we'll be out broadcasting live from eight thirty on Wednesday morning. So, it should be a ripper. Uh, it should be. That sounds really good. Great. Have a good weekend, Simone. You too. In the meantime, keep those tails wagging. Short break coming up on RSN 927. The other side will talk trots. Big night of trotting action at Tabcorp Park, Melton. A group one for the two-year-old Colts and Gildings worth 350 large. We'll be uploading the best of today's talking greyhounds to rsn.net.au.